Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Expedition Cinema Podcast. As always, I'm your host Jeremy and today we're discussing the 2022 Oscar winners and nominees as well as my thoughts on 2023 so far. Um, Two things to note before we get into it. I am sorry if I'm sniffling. I'm a little sick and I'm sorry if you can hear it raining outside because it is currently storming in Tallahassee. So, with that in mind, sorry about the background noise if uh, that does bother you. Um, For Oscar winners, let's just jump straight into it. Um, I'm just going to go through the categories, who won, uh, say if I agree with it, if I feel a little conflicted about it, or if it's just a flat no for me, in which there are some. Um, For Best Picture, Everything Everywhere All at Once won. I absolutely love that pick. I absolutely love that win. Um, was kind of a long time coming. I was really hoping it was going to get nominated, and as soon as they got that nomination, I felt really confident that they were going to be able to pull that off, that they were going to be able to get that. Um, I think easily it's the best movie that came out last year. It's, you know, based on the scoring system that I use, it's technically my favorite movie. Is not the most rewatchable movie in the world, um, but it's very very good it's got fantastic performances and really they just they kind of knocked it out of the park with that movie it is so original so interesting and it delves into so many different genres that you know you hardly feel like you're watching the same movie sometimes um the only thing i had to complain about that film was it was a little weirdly segmented the three parts that came in the everything then everywhere then all at once i thought it was a little dragged out but then again, I look back at it, and I'm like, I don't really know what I would cut here. I don't think anything. Um, so absolutely, yes. Agree with that win for Everything Everywhere. Fantastic movie. Absolutely deserved it. Uh, moving on to actor in a leading role. Brendan Fraser won it for The Whale. I absolutely love this win for him. Um, him personally, sure, but... Um, I don't know. I I felt a little weird about Austin Butler winning it, and for really no fault of anybody involved in the making of Elvis, but Austin Butler, I thought he was fantastic in that role, and you know, if he had won it, I think I would have been perfectly fine with that. I think it would have been perfectly deserved, Um, but I was happy to see Brendan Fraser get his flowers. You know, uh, The Whale was not the best movie but it was decent and brendan fraser was really really well um portrayed in that movie um (laughs) it's the wrong way to say it i guess um not really well portrayed but he he delivered a really emotional performance um (laughs) then again a little bit of the direction was here and there i'm not really sure what darren aronofsky was trying to do with that but uh anyway I thought he was great in it. I thought it was well-deserved. Austin Butler could have taken it, but I was happy that Brendan Fraser got it. Uh, Moving on to actress in a leading role, uh, Michelle Yeoh won it for Everything Everywhere All at Once. I'm a little conflicted about this one. I love that Michelle Yeoh won it. Uh, I really am, because uh, I think at any point in her career, you know, past and in the future, I think now was the time for her to win an Oscar her best chance at it and i'm really happy that she got it because she did give such a powerful performance that like like the movie dipped into so many different genres tapped into so many different emotional groups i was so happy to see her win that she's absolutely the most deserving person on that list um but man i can't help but feel like it should have gone to Kate blanchett 
Uh, I know Tar wasn't, you know, a crowd favorite. Uh, I think, it, you know, it got touted very well uh, among, you know, film critics, and a lot of people seem to enjoy it, but it is kind of a long, slow burn that some people considered a little lackluster. But if you look at the work that Kate Blanchett does in that building, the character of Lydia Tar, it is phenomenal. Her and Todd Field, I hope they make more movies together because they were fantastic together. I loved the pairing there. Um, so I do think that it should have gone to Kate Blanchett, but I'm perfectly happy it going to Michelle Yeoh. She absolutely deserved it. Um, moving on to actor in a supporting role, uh, Kiwei Kwan, Kiwei Kwan, sorry, uh, from Everything Everywhere All at Once won. Yes, <laughs> easy yes. Um, nobody else in that category, I think, was getting close to um, to Key, and I'm I'm happy that they didn't. Uh, because I think he really deserved it. I think, you know, this specific year was so much about comebacks, so much about inclusion and, you know, rewarding originality. And I think that, you know, everything everywhere all at once being kind of the poster child for that going into the award season really helped them kind of seal a lot of their wins. But that said, not to take anything away from the specific performances. Kiwi Kwan was amazing in this movie. The one quote he had in the alleyway in a different universe, you know, in another life, I would have loved just doing laundry and taxes with you. It fucking breaks me every time. <laughs> every time it just, it, it wrenches every bit of my insides. It just, it kills me where I live. Um, he gave such a good performance. Um, there's really not much else to say about him, but, uh, you know, it, it just, I'm so happy that he was able to get his comeback and his, uh, his speeches on the award circuit were just heart wrenching. I, I cried almost every time I saw that man cry. He blubbered up there and I loved every second of it. All right. Moving on to actress in a supporting role. First one I said no to, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis won for everything everywhere all at once. And while she gives a really good performance, I think even in the bounds of that movie, she gets outshone by Stephanie Hsu. So I was really surprised that she won. I did pick her, but I kind of picked her because I thought the Academy might lean that way because she is such a legacy celebrity. She's been around for such a long time working in the industry and, you know, providing so much boost for their revenue. Um, so, you know, I kind of felt like they were going to give her 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 props for the time that she'd put in but that said if i'm just considering this year i think stephanie Shu easily wins I, I really do i don't think anyone else on the list really turns in the the variation of performance that she gave um carrie condon also could have probably um gotten that for um uh, banshees of Sharon and uh, angela bassett for black panther uh, those were my two others but i think stephanie shu easily easily takes that category i think she was just phenomenal again she showed so much nuance in her emotion and the daniels really gave her so much room to grow and develop the character of joy in that movie next up is animated feature film and this one went to uh, guillermo del toro's pinocchio i'm so happy that it did I love stop-motion animation. It is one of my favorite kinds of animation. Um, and uh, Guillermo del Toro, especially now, uh, post-Oscars, he's been so vocal about not, animate, uh, not animation as a medium, uh, 
or not animation as a genre but as a medium and you know i i couldn't agree more it's it's such such a great artistic uh, way to tell a story um and he really showed that with this pinocchio movie he didn't make it a kids movie i mean i i do work at a local theater a lot of people came out of that movie like parents with their kids they're like i thought this was a pinocchio movie i i thought this was a kids movie i'm like no it's really not it's really really not there are some elements the kids might enjoy but it tells a very adult story you know um it it goes through the different stages of geppetto's life and you know him losing his son you know finding a surrogate son in pinocchio and kind of gets into these themes of fascism gets into these themes of coming into oneself and accepting more than one idea and i you know really being okay with difference i i loved it i loved it so 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 much it's a five star film for me easily it was my favorite animated film from the last year even though we actually got so many good animated films um so yeah definitely deserved that's definitely a yes for me moving on we have cinematography that went to all quiet on the western front um i have a thing with war movies um I every now and again just get a little exhausted with the genre Uh, it's not really at all the fault of the movies in like at at the time that I'm watching but you know I think that more than most other genres I think that war movies kind of are stuck in a niche and don't really explore too much beyond it but you know I really think that there's something special about this film you know I enjoyed it quite a lot a lot it was a great great watch for me and it was really beautiful so i do think it deserves on some level cinematography but i don't know i feel a little conflicted i I like tar a lot and i think the angles um and the the framing that uh todd field chooses to uh tell lydia tar's story is really compelling i thought it told it in really really interesting way um kind of giving us a little bit of you know not only her perspective but the outside world's perspective different people in her life i i think tar could have taken it but you know that said um like i previously said uh, all quiet on the western front definitely deserved um but i'm a little conflicted on that costume design costume design went to black panther wakanda forever i'm a little conflicted on that too um i think the obvious one for me is everything everywhere all at once i, I think that the amazing amazing production design in that movie um well really just the um amazing way that they kind of delved into each universe in like these little second clips these five second clips ten second clips some some universes we got for extended periods of time i think the way that they designed those uh, universes you know from the bottom to the top was just fantastic and that includes costume design um, especially when we get into kind of the third act, not, you know, the film's literal named third act, um, but when we get into this kind of final confrontation with uh, Joy um, and Evelyn, you know, I think we kind of see the you know culmination of all these different personalities, all these different realities, and it, it's kind of expressed through um, costume a lot where like Evelyn is in her 
normal clothes now like despite all these different costumes we've seen her in across these all these different universes we see her in you know one particular outfit and it's her outfit because she's finally accepted where she's at whereas she's trying to bring joy to that moment and we can see joy just a absolute torrent of different styles different makeup you know different kinds of fabric just still incredibly conflicted and confused uh, I thought that spoke a lot more um, to you know the message of the film than Black Panther's uh, costume design, but you know that might just be my Marvel bias showing because there were some fantastic costumes in Black Panther. Uh, moving on, directing went to the Daniels, and I love that it did. I haven't seen Swiss Army Man, which is I think their only other like big feature film. Um, but, uh, man, if it's anything like this film, they knocked it out of the park. <laughs> they, they truly imposed their vision. And, you know, I think from all the stories that I've read about it, they have kind of helped, uh, incorporate actors in that, uh, building of the narrative building of the, you know, thematic work and, uh, kind of, you know, accessing whatever their vision could be for what the film is as well. You know, I think that kind of brought about this really, really good movie that, you know, was really enjoyable, really emotional, and spoke to so many different audiences. Um, documentary feature went to Navalny. I think I'm saying that right. I'm sorry if I'm not. This one, I am teetering on Yes and Conflicted. I like that it went to Navalny because of the obvious reasons, you know, pointing out injustice, corruption, oppression, and, you know, really giving uh, a voice to um, rebellion, but at the same time, a little conflicted because I loved, uh, <laughs> funny, I loved Fire of Love so much. It was such a great documentary. I could feel the love kind of seeping out of it. I didn't all the way love the um, narrator for that movie, uh, but still, I loved it so much. It was such a great tale of, of love, and I was uh, a little disappointed that it didn't take it. Uh, that, or All the Beauty and the Bloodshed, I think told a really good story. Although it was a little choppy, Nan Golden told an important story and brought a lot of uh, what I consider documentary to be important for, like its message. I really think that she brought a lot of um, important concepts and important fights to light in that uh, documentary feature. So those would be my alternate picks, but I'm happy with Navalny. Moving on, we've got documentary short. Went to the Elephant Whisperers. All the short stuff I'm going to be real quick with, um, for obvious reasons, they're really quick. Uh, Elephant Whisperers was great. I thought it delved into a lot of ideas of I don't know, culture and you know, maintaining heritage, maintaining uh, tradition, and kind of incorporating nature as a part of that. And I think that's definitely an important story to be told right now. Uh, film editing went to everything everywhere all at once, which is a hearty yes for me. Absolutely. I loved the film editing and the little stories behind it that we get in, in hindsight that, oh, we just did all of this on like a MacBook. I'm like, I love that. I love that so much. It it sounds almost a little cringy, but like, oh, fuck it. You know, they they wanted they won multiple Oscars for this movie. Give them their flowers, man. Let, let them enjoy it. I I absolutely love the film editing. I thought that it was beautiful. None of the CGI was particularly off putting or kind of pulling you out of the narrative. And 
the transitions are just phenomenal. You know, they, they're seamless. And I, well, that's the thing is I think they're seamless when they intend them to be seamless and they're choppy when it serves the story better. So you know, I think that intentional use of transition was uh, really a, a really interesting part of what contributed to the success of that movie. The next three are hard no's for me. <laughs> um, uh, international feature was won by All Quiet on the Western Front. Nah, I think it was close. I think it was close because it made me feel a lot more. Um, generally, like I said, war films don't land as best um, for me uh, as a genre. But that said, you know, I get it. Uh, it was a really, really good movie. And, you know, with the widespread acclaim that it got in a bunch of different um, categories, I can see why it's the you know, sense uh, sensical choice for um, international feature, but I thought Close was so emotional, so raw, and such a great portrayal of uh, childhood that I just, I really enjoyed. Um, so I definitely would have gone with Close for international feature. Makeup and hairstyling went to the whale. I get why it went to the whale, but I'll be honest, if I'm, if I'm moving past Brendan Fraser, there's nothing else of value there. There's nothing else of value like at all for makeup and hairstyling like brendan fraser is the oscar for that film and you know what just to show i'm not biased i will say this is where i think all quiet on the western front should have won no doubt because there are just so there's so much phenomenal use of makeup to express emotion physical and mental state for not just the main cast or main character, but for the entirety of the extras, for the entirety of the battle sequences. You know, without that kind of expertise, I think it would have pulled you a lot more out of the story. I think it did a ton to immerse you in the world that, you know, these you know, horrified boys who just had a feeling of national pride, you know, were living in. I think that it contributes so, so, so much more to the story than, than the whale, which I, you know is maybe a controversial thing to say because the whale relies heavily on the physical state of um the literal whale uh of brendan fraser's character but that said yeah i think all quiet on the western front deserved that one for sure all right back to the hate though um music the score all quiet on the western front took it I'm saying no i'm a justin hurwitz loyalist i loved babylon's score uh, it has its fair share of issues, um, but I thought Babylon was easily the most underrated movie last year. I thought, I still think Damien Chazelle's 4 for 4 right now. He is a phenomenal filmmaker, and his pairing with Justin Hurwitz is proving to be so essential to telling the stories that he wants to tell. I think he delivered such a fantastic uh, score with this movie as well. Voodoo Mama alone come on now like you, you you gotta take it away from all quiet for that now i will say that the thematic work that the all quiet score did um that kind of continued motif that continued sound of what sounds like a an alarm <laughs> almost like i thought it did contribute a lot to the you know story and uh, the way that it was told i definitely think that it brought something you know more how do I say it? it brought something so essential to the severity of each moment um and you know I, I think that 
the motif definitely paid off towards the end but i just don't think it matches up to the entire score you know i think that all quiet score got there but i think babylon did more to help tell its story to help provide an atmosphere for its story i don't know if you guys are able to tell there's like a ton of stop and starting here and it's because like i'm sick i can't. it's really hard to not feel like you know um ruining it by sniffling and whatnot so i'm sorry if it's gotten annoying but um let's just keep going uh music for the original song it went to natu natu from rrr i hope i'm saying that right i think i am saying it right but you know just in case i'm not i am sorry uh, i'm a little conflicted about it i didn't see rrr it's kind of this glaring miss for me i i just never saw it because it was three hours I wanted to use my time for different films, but um, I'm just conflicted because I didn't see it. I really loved Lift Me Up for Black Panther. I thought that was an amazing, amazing theme for the movie. I thought that it really delivered emotion um, uh, when we needed it. But you know, that said, the live performance alone at the Oscars sold me on Nazi Natu. It definitely it deserved it, but. You know, yeah, me personally, I would have gone with Lift Me Up, but that's just because I didn't see RRR, so I might pivot on that in the future. Moving on to production design, that went to All Quiet again. Nah, Babylon. I am a Babylon loyalist, I swear to God. I want Babylon to have won more at this Oscars, um, or at these Oscars, but uh, I do think they could have snuck it out because just the grandiose uh, scenes in Babylon, I think definitely were better designed than the ones in all quiet on the western front but it is very close so honestly it is a flat no for me but that's probably a bias no it really probably should be more of a conflicted that kind of both could sit on equal ground with each other for a short film for animated it went to the boy the mole the fox and the horse uh, i'm saying a flat no although that was a great story about friendship um about finding uh, where you belong, where you feel like you belong, feeling accepted. Um, I think Ice Merchants told such a better story with no dialogue than you know that previous film did with a lot of dialogue. I thought it was more appealing to you know, a variety of audiences, and it was more my style of animation in general. Uh, for short film, for live action, it went to the Irish Goodbye. I'm a little conflicted. Um, but again, like it was for original song, I'm only conflicted because I've only, I only got to see two of the movies from this category. I only got to see Ivalu and, uh, the pupils. I can't pronounce the French, uh, title for that movie, so I'm sorry, but, um, I really didn't enjoy the pupils that much, uh, but I did enjoy Ivalu. I thought it told a great sisterhood tale, um, with a lot of nuance and you know i love it when movies can tell a great story without actually telling it you know hence my you know diversion to uh ice merchants and my uh, fondness for Ivalu. but i'm sure irish goodbye deserved it um so no shade to that to that feature i'm, I'm sure it really really uh, deserved it sound went to top gun maverick that is a easy yes for me that was a phenomenal sound uh edited movie um definitely deserved it um i'm gonna run through the rest of these so we can get to 2023 they're all yeses for me visual effects went to avatar easy easy yes for me uh writing the adapted screenplay went to women talking easy yes for me i loved that movie a lot and you know for all that i have said previously that i enjoy when a movie tells a story by 
you know, not saying as much, you know, I, I really think that this movie made a phenomenal use of the dialogue it chose to use. Sarah Polly is very talented. Um, for the original writing, everything, everywhere, all at once, so imaginative, so creative, so, so compelling, so emotional. I thought that Daniels just absolutely killed it with that, that screenplay. The original screenplay absolutely should go to everything, everywhere, all at once. And with that, we're done. We finished with the 2022 Oscars. So I hope you guys um, kind of enjoyed that little recap on them. Let's get straight into 2023 so far. So far, I've seen 44 new releases from 2023. And really briefly, I'm just going to run through my rankings so far from worst to best, giving a yay or nay. If there's anything of value, I'll try and mention it. But I'm going to try and go relatively quick with this. Um... Uh, by the time that this will release, I'll be in a showtime for Flash, and I will have seen Elemental earlier that afternoon, so look out for those on Letterboxd, but uh, let's go ahead and let in, uh, get into it, sorry. Um, the absolute worst of the year, Mending the Line. Flat, no. Fuck no. Unless you like fishing porn, this ain't your movie. 43, um, I've got 65. I know how that's confusing, but... Um, Still, 43 is 65. That is my 43rd ranked movie of the year. Uh, 42 is Hypnotic with Ben Affleck. 41 is Fool's Paradise with Charlie Day. The shtick got really old really fast. It was pretty unfunny. 40 is Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. I didn't enjoy it very much. It really, not a lot of value there for me story-wise uh, other than Kang. And even that, it's a little shaky right now. I don't know what's going on with Jonathan Majors. But anyway, moving on. Uh, 39 is Kandahar, 38 is Champions, 37 is About My Father. All three of those films kind of fit in this niche of did virtually nothing to step outside of what I expected, and that's something I really need in a film for it to be considered successful. So, disappointments for real. Uh, Shazam is 36, The Fury of the Gods. Um, really just kind of a miss for me. I wanted to enjoy it a lot more, but it just got a little cringy it didn't lean into what i enjoyed the most about the first one so a bit of a letdown 35 is master gardener i thought that it was gross uh, i can see the value in it but i choose not to engage with it pass uh, 34 is a good person uh, 33 is transformers rise of the beast i didn't grow up with transformers so Eh, it was a little cringy for me with the way the Autobots were talking. I enjoyed the human parts of the film, though. 32 is Operation Fortune, Rise of Roos de Guerre. Sorry. Uh, 31 is the Super Mario Brothers movie, kind of similar to Transformers. It didn't, it wasn't cringy for me, and the performances, like I was expecting, were not the letdown for this movie. It was more the pace. I really just thought it was marketed too heavily towards a child audience. Uh, that said, people that love Mario grew up with Mario. There's tons of referential stuff to enjoy here. So, you know, a lot of people may have it ranked a huge uh, jump higher than me. And, you know, that's fine. I just personally didn't enjoy it all that much. 30 was The Boogeyman. Uh, 29 was Paint. Both of those movies uh, just did a little bit more than I was expecting. So they rose a little bit above. Uh, 28 was Cocaine Bear. Tons of fun in a theater. Go see it with some friends. Uh, stream it on Peacock. I think it's still on there. Um, it's a, a ton of fun. It leads into the campiness of itself a lot. Uh, 27 was Little Mermaid. Only thing I gotta say, Halle Bailey, do more movies. I want to see more. She was a great, great Ariel. 
fantastic voice as we knew already but even you know kind of matched it with the acting skills too she was great um 26 was you hurt my feelings uh 25 was Bo is afraid uh Bo is afraid was a polarizing film for a lot of people but i thought that ari aster really again proved that he has technical brilliance i just think that this movie lacks a lot of focus uh, generally you know i get that a lot of audiences enjoyed how chaotic it was but that was one of the drag uh one of the drags for me it just wasn't very good uh, 24 peter pan and wendy surprising amount of fun question mark like what <laughs> out of nowhere i just decided to watch this and it was great um 23 was inside with willem dafoe 22 was renfield yeah nick cage's dracula did not disappoint great 21 was sisu i expected more but still was a pretty decent time uh 20 is the machine a super surprisingly good time <laughs> i laughed a lot more than i was expecting especially considering i don't really enjoy bert that much uh as a stand-up comedian but i think mark hamill helped balance him out a little bit uh, 19 is knock at the cabin uh i'm not the biggest uh, m night Shyamalan fan but that said he really did well with this um with this movie i thought that it spoke uh really eloquently to the lore of the apocalypse especially uh, within christian literature but um that said it was great i had a decent time with it it was thrilling um it could have been a little bit better but i was happy with it 18 kind of falls within that same realm as cocaine bear who's megan i enjoyed it a lot because of how campy it was it didn't take itself too seriously and i found a lot of value in that 17 was monica 16 was chevalier i enjoyed those movies a lot for kind of the same reason the expressiveness of uh, marginalized uh, personalities and marginalized kinds of peoples i i do think that it was compelling it wasn't it didn't kind of cross that line into a cringy social justice arena that we see a lot of you know studios and filmmakers trying to push more and more to gain notoriety it felt very genuine and it felt like a really well fostered stories uh, 15 for me is sanctuary love margaret qualley christopher abbott was great too um just a wall-to-wall -wall thriller that really didn't disappoint i like the chemistry that they had even though it got a little weird at times 14 was are you there god it's me margaret loved it absolutely loved it had a great time it, it i think it i mean i'm a man and i have no real frame of reference here but i thought that it was incredibly honest about um the female experience um and from you know speaking to you know different women in my life i i do feel like it it captured a a great lens into that kind of coming of age for for girls uh, 13 was air i was just annoyed that we couldn't see michael jordan like what is that boo show his face i know there are lookalikes out there what's going on also ben affleck's feet <laughs> disgusting disgusting that said everything else pretty much worked for me i liked it a lot jason bateman great as always matt damon entertaining viola davis mint absolute mint 12 for me was evil dead rise i really liked the goriness of it i really liked the little jump scares here and there it was super entertaining for me uh, 11 was creed 3 really phenomenal i loved this movie so much that you know i'm surprised that as we're going on you know it's dropped out of the top 10 but 
um i was a little worried when we heard like oh there's anime influence in the film i thought i was like oh shit you know michael b jordan he's reaching for the stars too hard on this one but it landed so well they blended boxing and anime really well really really well number 10 top 10 for us number 10 is blackberry glenn howerton glenn howerton and more glenn howerton i loved it (laughs) i just loved it you know it was it was weirdly thrilling and at the same time it told a really good like corporate intrigue story um uh you know kind of balancing it well with the characters as well to kind of telling these you know progressions within their own uh personal lives and number nine was suzume for me i really enjoyed the film even though you know a lot of uh, these types of films i do find uh, rely really heavily on the conceptual but I still enjoyed a huge amount of the film. It was a really great time, and I love the cyclical nature of it. Number eight for me was Polite Society. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Leaned so hard into this Edgar Wright-esque type of filmmaking, this comic booky like, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, world? <laughs> uh, filmmaking. I really, really loved it. Great sisterhood tale with a couple twists. Fun, fun, fun. So much fun. Next up for me was Dungeons and Dragons at seven. I had a such had such a great time with this movie. Like I grew up playing Dungeons and Dragons in my, I, I guess we'll say formative years, kind of like my teenage years with my friends. So you know, this was obviously this was my Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> this this was my really referential piece of work that I enjoyed, but. Aside from that, I think it did a great job at, you know, balancing that appeal to, um, you know, a loyal fan base and also giving a lot to access um, different kinds of audiences. I thought it was really interesting, really fun, um, and really just a, a great fantasy story. I, I, we don't get too many of those, but man, absolutely fantastic. Number six, which maybe surprising that it's not in the top five but number six i have guardians of the galaxy volume three i went and saw this movie four times in theaters james gunn you fucking brilliant genius i love you you just you made such a great movie here such a fantastic trilogy that stayed true to itself you know wasn't influenced by the larger mcu and uh really delivered such great conclusions for these characters um i was super satisfied with this movie uh, it was emotional, made me cry, it just broke me at times, but it also had so many funny moments to it. It made me laugh so much, and uh, the soundtrack, as always, absolutely stellar. Just amazing work from James Gunn. Can't talk about how good he is enough. Uh, number five for me is John Wick 4. Fantastic action film. Easy 9 out of 10. Easily the best in the franchise. Um, I don't know where this leaves us for the future of the Dramic franchise. At the time of this recording, they've announced a fifth one is like in the works. Um, but, you know, I don't know how that's going to pan out because they, they kind of kill him at the end. I don't know if that's true or not. But anyway, um, really the only thing that I just absolutely loved was, from this movie was the... Um, Oh, what's that? What's that game? Hotline Miami, where it's just this bird's eye view of different rooms. You can see the walls and it's just John Wick going from room to room with this like flaming shotgun, just clearing it all. And it's it's supremely captivating. It's amazing. 
Number four for me was Rye Lane. I had such a fantastic time with this movie. I don't really expect um, streaming movies to be on that same level as theatrical releases, but Rye Lane did not disappoint. It was so phenomenal. It was great chemistry, um, really great performances that delivered this really funny you know, comedy. Um, this really funny romance, too. So, supremely enjoyable. Recommend it to anybody that's got like an hour and a half, two hours top three number three for me was how to blow up a pipeline what a what a great movie i didn't expect really anything but the way that they told each individual character story the way that they melded it all together um and the just tension that you could feel from the beginning to the end i thought that the narrative format really really worked incredibly well for this movie and no part of it was disappointing no part at all so definitely recommend try and find it on a streaming service i don't think it's in theaters anymore it's compelling it's interesting and it provides a lot of real world commentary uh, number two for me is a thousand and one although this movie took a twist i didn't expect um and it didn't all the way work for me um I still just, you, you can't ignore how amazing the performance from Tiana Taylor is here and you know just how compelling the development of the story is. The characters you get so attached to, the stories you get so attached to, and I think that the cinematic style of it kind of incorporating, uh, I believe it's Philadelphia, um, as a character in the story was so, so, so interesting and it contributed so much to my enjoyment of the movie. Just really great heartbreaking but really really great number one i think to nobody's surprise is spider-man across the spider-verse just mint amazing from start to finish it is absolutely groundbreaking the animation the changing of you know frame rates for different characters the you know melding of their different stories the ability that these directors these animators have to tell such an emotional such a funny such an engaging story in this comic book genre i hope that this goes on to define what animation can be i hope this goes on to define what comic book film should be it really leaned hard into the you know page to page comic aspect of itself and i loved it there is no character that doesn't land well for me in this movie there isn't a single shot that doesn't work for me in this movie from this literal beginning from paramount pictures or not paramount pictures sorry from columbia pictures from that intro on to the very end of the film not a single frame wasted amazing absolutely fantastic and you know i really enjoy the character work they do with miles in this story i don't like gwen as much after this nor do I like Peter B. as much after this, but that remains to be seen. I, I am surprised no one saw it coming that it was a part one, part two, because they announced two movies together and called it Across the Spider-Verse, if I'm not mistaken, Across the Spider-Verse part one and part two, and then they changed it to Beyond the Spider-Verse, so uh, maybe that was just me, but I saw it coming because, um, you know, the news told me. But anyway, super, super good. Anything from, like, um... I would say anything from like 20 and up is worth your time. 
um, from the machine up to uh, across the Spider-Verse, it's all worth your time. I would try and find it on a streaming service, try and see it in theaters theaters if it's still there. Um, super, super enjoyable film. I think 2023 so far is definitely getting there. Um, it's not on 2022's level yet, but I think at the end of the summer, it very well could be. Well, all right, guys, that is going to wrap it up for this week's episode. As always, thanks for tuning in uh, to listen on Spotify. I know this one ran a little long, clocking in at around 40, 40 minutes, so congrats if you made it to the end. Um, make sure to leave a review and a star rating. It really helps the podcast get out there, kind of promote it a little bit more so that more people can see it and interact with it. Uh, you, as always, you can find me on Letterboxd and Twitter, where I'm most active. The link tree is in every single everything that I've ever posted online so um, you can find me pretty much anywhere um, and I'll, I'll see you next week I'm not sure what my topic is going to be but I do know that I will have my first guest on so we'll see you next week on Thursday <laughs>